This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. In the past, I have brought up one question that I would have on every job resume. If the person answered no, interview's over, the person's not getting hired. And that would be, do you have Easy Pass? If you do not have Easy Pass, I'm not hiring you to work at my company. By the way, if you're ever in the car, and you're driving, not the easy pass that you still go through the toll booth, but if you give yourself enough room where you're going through the easy pass where it's just overhead and you can just go through it, even though people are still slowing down. Jesus, how many years are we going to have to go? But I'm still slowing down. You don't need to slow. It defeats the purpose if you slow down. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We might be a little easy pass heavy on the show today. When you when we do the post show recap and look back, all right, what what do we hit? What do we miss? Where could we have been better? I could see looking back and listening and saying, might have been too many easy pass references. But we'll get to uh, something else in the same vein when we do the leftovers to wrap up the show at uh, eleven forty five. But I should tell you. You can enter the ESPN New York no-hitter sweepstakes for your chance to win $25,000. Find the uh, excuse me, find the no-hitter tile. I don't even know how this works. Find the no-hitter tile on the ESPN New York app, pick a team and submit your entry. Today's qualifier, Kerry Cleary from Bel- Belmore, New York, I can't speak apparently, who has chosen New York's National League team to throw a no-hitter today. It's presented by Mohegan Sun, Casino.com. And for full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com for all the details there. And I also should tell you, Nick from Wisconsin, he won the uh, Jim Jeffries tickets. So he's very busy early November. So congratulations to Nick there. All right, so uh, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the Yankees because we put it off as long as uh, we put it off as long as I possibly could. People, what what more do you want from me? I have to touch on it at some point, uh, and I kind of ran up against the clock there. So the one narrative that I've heard this week, and I don't want to go through all the same old tired things over and over again. We get it; it's been proven. It's a terrible season. Even the GM, who seems to be delusional at times with some of the things that are said, um, even he admits it's a disastrous season. Even he can't uh, uh, avoid that. He can avoid any blame. There's a lot of ca- a lot of buckets that the, the blame falls. What about your bucket? Where's your bucket exactly? That's one narrative that you can't fire him. He's had one bad year in 30 years. That one is ridiculous. Again, the last 11 years, it ended the 2009 run. They had several, four years almost in a row of no playoffs. They had one playoff year in that, and they lost immediately to the Astros. Where have I heard that before? And then they opened up a new window of opportunity with the sell-off in 2016, some young players coming up, and it seemed like they had a wide-open window of opportunity, which now over the last six years has been completely squandered. Who's to blame for that? But that's one narrative I've heard this week that's ridiculous. The second one, which is even more ridiculous. If we were stacking them, the first one would be number two. This would be number one. And I've heard smart people, people who I respect, and you should respect, in the game saying this. And it's this. Well, if you fire Brian Cashman, who are you going to get? If you fire Brian Cashman, 
You got to reply. Who, who's this? Who's this I heard Brian Kenny. Oh, it's very hard to, to find people. They're not just growing on trees. You got to. Who are you going to have? Who are you going to replace them with? Or Jeff Passan was on the K show the other day saying, well, I don't even know who Yankee fans would want. Or Billy Bean talking to uh, Bob Clappish. Well, this thing is cyclical. I find it ridiculous anybody would be criticizing Brian Cashman after the 30-year run. He's a, yeah, really? The guy, Billy Bean, who's never won a single thing? Did he win a playoff? I think, he won, I think the A's under Billy Bean won one playoff series. And, and essentially, Billy Bean is like, I don't know if he's his best friend, but he's a very close friend of Brian Cashman. I'm shocking that Billy Bean would come to Brian Cashman's defense. If you fire Brian Cashman, who are you going to get? Nobody else can do the job? I don't know. Isn't Brian Sabian in the organization right now? I would see if I was drawing up a list, if, if, if there was an emergency right now, and, and Hal Steinbrenner says to me, you got to come up with a list. Give me a list. It's final jeopardy. The music's playing, and we got to, uh, who is Brian Sabian? Who, who is Omar Minaya? I don't know. I think you could find people, and that's, that's just with the Jeopardy music playing. If you gave me like a week, I could probably come up with a, a more extensive list. And here's the thing. If Hal Steinbrenner, who, who owns the New York Yankees, if he doesn't have a list somewhere in his head of potential people, that's just, that, that's just incompetence. You should always have a list of people that you think, oh, you know, this guy, that guy, I really respect this person. Maybe sometime down the road this person might work for me. If you fire Brian Cashman, you go, hey, trust me, you'll find somebody. You're not going to have to hop on LinkedIn, all right? I think, I think people might be, nobody wants to run the Yankees? I don't know. I get the feeling if the, one of the most storied and historic brands in all of sports is looking for someone to run the organization. I don't know. I get the feeling that they'll be able to fill that position. And if you, if you can't, well, then that's a, that's a level of incompetence that is hard to believe. It's hard to believe. And, and I'll be honest, as a Yankee fan, I said I didn't want to do all the same old tired stuff, but it's kind of hard to be optimistic about the Yankees anytime soon because over the last few years, you have not been able to trust their judgment on things. And it really feels like the takeaway of this season, now it could change, who knows, there's always surprises in life, but it seems pretty well lined up right now that if anybody pays the price, it's going to be the manager. And if there's any deeper changes than that, it's not going to involve the GM. And to me, any change that the Yankees make this year or after this year that does not involve Brian Cashman is just window dressing. He's the guy that was talking about the buckets the other day. Oh, the blame can fall in a lot of different areas. He oversees all the areas. And this idea, well, they, they could make a lot of changes but keep cash. But well, what's the point of that? He's the guy who brought in all the other people. So it's, it, the Yankees will, I'm sure, hold their uh, conducted autopsy a- after the season on how things went wrong. But with the Yankees' judgment, it's kind of hard to, to do an effective autopsy when you can't even admit to yourself that the patient is dead. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go out to Dave. Dave is in, Mil- in uh, New Milford, not the old Milford. He's in the New Milford. Dave, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, what's up, man? Big fan. Thank you. 
So listen, I got to take where I want to hear your opinion first, and then you got to hear me out, okay? Okay, give it to me. I don't think, and this is something that just came to me a couple days ago, I don't think the Yankees have ever recovered since they blew that 3 nothing lead to Boston in the 4 ALCS. What are your thoughts? Well, they, they won a World Series since then, so you can't say that they, they haven't. Okay, I agree. They won the World Series, and we all know how they won it. They spent... Right, they were the Yankees. Right. Yeah, they, they did the Yankee way, but since then, so since 04, they've been to three ALCS. Right. Awesome, but they got swept in, what is it, two of them? Uh, they got swept last year, obviously. I think they got swept another year. Uh, yeah, the was that the Tiger year? The Maybe the, yeah, I think they got swept by the Tigers. Was that 2011, 2012? Somewhere around 2012, there. 2012, Jeter okay. broke his ankle. Okay, so okay. you got the one title. We know they, George, you know, they opened the checkbook. Right. They've missed the playoffs four times. Going to yep. be five this year. Two wild card exits, so we don't, we don't really call that, uh, you know, making the playoffs. And the last three years, they've won three playoff games. So, I know, yeah, they won the title in 09, three times making the ALCS, the two-time swept. I just, I don't know. There's something about it. They just never, to me, they've never fully recovered from that meltdown all the way back in 04, which, honestly, made me, I couldn't watch them for a full year after that. I was so disgusted by them. Yeah, I mean, look, in terms of dark days, Dave, thanks for the phone call. Um, that's that's about as dark as it comes, uh, for sure, losing to – but there's been a bunch of those, right? I mean, it, it is almost like the Yankees have made a habit of, of being ousted by their whatever rival you want to consider in any given year, be it the Astros, be it the Red Sox, be it the Rays that one year in, in 2020, the way they lost. So um, I don't know necessarily that I would say they have not recovered from 2004 – I think that that really is the offset of that group kind of coming, uh, it kind of eventually drifted away from that group, the group that won the, the World Series and, and um, you know, won the three in a row. And, and, and the three in a row group is, is kind of different than the 96 group. There were some sizable changes there. So um, I, I just think that they have, and not that they should be expected to put together a, a team that wins four out of five World Series. We'll live our entire lives and probably never see that again. But this idea that the 30 years or, or 25 years that Brian Cashman has been running the show, that they've all kind of fell in the same kind of level of success is just not true. Uh, since the 2009 team that went out and broke the bank and spent the money and acted like the Yankees, they that group eventually fell by the wayside. 2013, no playoffs. 2014, no playoffs. 2016, no playoffs. 2015, made the playoffs, but I think they won like 85 games and got immediately ousted in the, in the wild card game. Uh, it's not they have not reached what the goal should be, and what they've kind of told you this week is what the goal is is just be kind of good, just be good. You know, make the playoffs most of the time. If you do anything, eh. Good. If not, eh, not so bad either. Just be over 500. Because what you're saying is this is the only year that's been bad, where I, I think that that run from 2013 through 2016, that was also bad. For having the most resources at your disposal and still not being better than an 85-86 win team, that to me is not success. And it shouldn't be for the Yankees either. Rob is in Orange County. Rob, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Big shouts out to Joe from Middletown. Got to give him some love. Okay. I don't know. Who, who's Joe from Middletown? Is that Joe Leo? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Big shout out to Joe from Middletown. I know him by Joe Leo, but go ahead, Rob. All right. So, Gordon, I think that I think you're right on point. Um, the idea that you can list the division series now, which is a joke, which is sort of the equivalent of a participation trophy for the season type of award for the Yankees is not acceptable. Not when you're in one of you're in the number one market. You're paying number one market prices for tickets and for subscriptions to their product. If this was a business, unequivocally, Brian Cashman would have been gone a long time ago. He would have been out of the boardroom. I think the product that you're seeing, the problem you're seeing is that while they can say, quote, unquote, we've made the playoffs, that sells to advertisers. That sells to, you know, um, to the corporate sponsors. What it doesn't sell is to the people who pay for the tickets, who are actually supporting this team, who are fans of this team. The product has not been good. It hasn't been good for quite some time. And it's and it's not even so much as I would be I would be just as satisfied with a team if they played hard and they didn't make the playoffs, but I knew that we were building towards something. I think that puts a better taste in fans' mouths, and I think a lot of people would agree that yeah, you want to make the playoffs, but it's more important that you have longevity, you have a competitive team. The Houston Astros and somehow the Tampa Bay Rays, some of the smaller market teams, have managed to, albeit with some controversy been able to put out a good product consistently that has a consistent playoff run and you would feel you you feel like your your opportunity for reaching the world series is greater with those teams the way they're built than the way the yankees have been built well look robin look the the ray success um is is clear uh, and how they do it every single year. It, it's funny you hear all this this criticism of analytics like they can't work when you have the Rays in the Yankees division and they clearly work. You just have to know <laughs> how to actually operate that. Uh, I don't know if the Yankees sh- that should be the goal or that should be the role model. I don't, I don't want to um, be watching a Yankee team that is constantly pinching pennies and as soon as you uh, it's almost like with the Rays, as soon as you kind of know how good a pitcher is on their team, they're looking to move that guy someplace else to, to recruit. But um, the Yankees will always make it out that the, the playoffs are a crapshoot and they build it for the 162. In the last decade, e- even by those standards, they've won the division twice. They've won the division two times in the last decade. So, look, there's plenty of crit- – and and – while he was talking there. If Hal Steinbrenner has not already kind of thought about, well, if this goes sideways and I do have to make a change, it's not like the Brian Cashman criticism all of a sudden popped up this year. It can't be the first time that you've thought about that. Dave is in the car. Dave, next up on uh, the Gordon Damer show. Hey, how you doing? I really don't call him Bash uh, Cashman. Okay. But this is my, uh, my question. How many championships has Brian Cashman won? I won't even say core four. I'll say core five. I'll put Bertie Williams in there. The answer is zero. Zero. That's what he's done for the New York Yankees. He's made a good deal with D.C. Sabathia, with LeMayu, and I can name some other players, but he's done nothing, nothing without those core five players. That's number one. Number two, I'll never, he'll never be fired. Hal loves him. He's got a lifetime contract. Me and you can talk 20 years from now, and, and Cashman will still be there. I root against the Yankees every single time they play because he did something drastic. You do not come out publicly 
when the most iconic player in my, my time, I'm 60 years old, Derek Jeter, asked him specifically, let's keep these negotiations quiet under the, under the shelf. He comes out and says, go, we'll get Troy Tulowitzki. Go, go test the waters. Go test what you want. You're going to say that about the best player you've had in your entire history? I'm talking about Cashman's history. I'm not talking about Babe Ruth. So I can't stand Cashman. But the, the bottom line is every sportscaster, including yourself, thinks that there's a chance he's going to leave. He's never leaving. It's, I, I don't, I don't think that there's a chance he's going to leave. I don't, I don't think there's really yeah. much of a chance that he's going to get fired. Now, I, I would like to increase the – I have said that – and Dave, thanks for the phone call. I want the Yankees to lose every game the rest of the way just in case we can go from a 0.0% chance to 0.02% chance. But, no, I, I understand. I, I think most people are of the belief that they're not, um, not going to fire Cashman after this year. That's what all the insiders have said. Uh, Bob Clappish has said that even a, a month ago. That Boone is in trouble, but the GM is not even on the table. So I don't, I don't think that most people expect Cashman to be gone. But unless the, you're changing the person who oversees everything here, it feels like whatever changes they do make is, is just going to be window dressing. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls on the Yankees. But I will also, like a magician... I have a point about the Mets that is actually pertinent and it's actually wild to me hearing the conversation about the Yankees and what it is and then switching to what the conversation is on the Mets. And it's a point about the Yankees that also is is related to the Mets, but yet people don't see the connection. So I'll make the connection. Next, the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Hippos are too dense. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Really relying on my hosting skills here. I'm going to bring up the Mets and, and figure out an interesting angle for a team that it's kind of surprising they're still playing games. They, they still play games. They're still going through the baseball schedule, the Mets. I know it doesn't feel like it. They've been such an afterthought here since the trade deadline. But one angle that uh, I like to find connections in things. So a lot of the talk surrounding the Yankees this week, and longer than this week, but specifically this week, has been how old and slow they are now. And, and with the new rules in place, you have to have young athletic players, and the Yankees aren't really set up to do that right now. But when it comes to the Mets conversation, one focus has been on what to do with Pete Alonzo. And the fear, there was that report that the Mets were close, that Ken Rosenthal, that the Mets were tra- at least talking to uh, the Brewers and some other clubs about possibly trading Pete Alonso before the trade deadline. And the reaction from Mets, absolutely not. How can you possibly think of trading Pete Alonso? He's a homegrown Met. He's the face of the franchise. This is the kind of guy you sign long-term. Pete should not be going anywhere. The Mets always allow their players to get away. That's the old Mets. They have, to, they have to set a new precedent and make sure that they sign Pete Alonzo long-term. And I've heard the conversation surrounding the Yankees, and specifically Giancarlo Stanton. What a mistake of a contract that was. 
taking on that albatross of a con- when you take on a contract like that, you know it's going to go bad, especially for a guy who is solely based in, in, in power and home runs, and, and that's his, his real standout skill. You know that at some point that contract's going to go bad. Is it the last year or two? Is it where the Yankees are now with still four more years left on a contract for a guy who can't run anymore? Uh, and the numbers across the board have, have fallen off the cliff. But nobody makes that connection when it comes to Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso will be 30 years old when he becomes a free agent. And even right now, Pete Alonso has one premier skill. He is about as reliable in the sport in terms of power. He is a pure slugging first baseman. And that's great to have that one skill. It's, it can wreck games. That's fantastic. And he is a homegrown guy, and he is the face of the franchise. But when you're signing contracts to free agents or, or your own player, whatever, you're not paying them based on what they've done. You're paying them on what they're going to do. And I will go on record right now as saying signing Pete Alonso, anybody who does it, is probably making a mistake. Signing a one-dimensional player to a long-term deal is almost always a mistake. And it's just a question, much like with Stanton, how many years of this contract are going to turn out to be bad? I'm paying for the now, and I'll deal with the future down the road. How much of that future is going, I'm going to have to live with it because it's not going anywhere. And the problem that the Mets find, them they're kind of in a unique situation. I've seen other people well, what, what would a contract for Pete look like? How about five years? How about this? How many four years? If you're Pete Alonzo and you've watched your team and your owner consistently, I mean, the one thing that Steve Cohen has established here in his time running the Mets is that he overpays for everything. Guys on his team, free agents on other teams. If you're Pete Alonzo and you've watched Brandon Nimmo get eight years, or the contract that, uh, that, that Lindor got, or the contract that Marte got. I mean, they're all overpays. Everything that they've done, they've overpaid. There's no smart, under-the-radar moves where they're getting a real bargain. No, they just simply overpay and blow away the market because they have no budget. So if you're Pete Alonzo and you're sitting here watching the contracts that have been handed out the last couple of years, you're not looking at, oh, well, I'll take a team-friendly kind of deal. The next contract the Mets under Steve Cohen signed that's team-friendly will be the first one they sign that's team-friendly. So I, I think that whoever does eventually sign Pete Alonso, when you're, you're projecting out, you want guys on long-term de- Look, all these long-term deals are almost always a mistake, but certainly more so for guys who are one-dimensional. Are they athletic players? Are they good fielders? Are they good base runners? All of those categories, you would say, Pete, no. He, he has one skill, and it's a great skill. It's home runs. That's what he is. He's not batting average. He's not a huge on-base guy. He's not a good fielder. He's gotten better, but he's not a good fielder. That doesn't seem to project well. He, he, you are buying a slugging DH, and given the contracts that other people have gotten with the Mets, you'd have to think that the Mets are going to have to overpay Pete, too. Now, if they've made up their mind that absolutely they are signing him long-term, they should do that this offseason. Get one of those years in his pro- – buy out his last year of arbitration and, and get the contract started now 
while he is still a productive player. Because when you get past the age of 30, especially guys who are one-dimensional like Pete is, those contracts generally don't age well. And whoever is signing Pete Alon, I don't know what contract it'll be, 35, 38, $40 million a year, whatever it is, that will almost certainly turn out to be a mistake. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Ryan is in Rockland. Ryan, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Oh, excuse me, Ryan, before you start, that's MLB Round Trippers driven by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to coachusa.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. All right, Ryan, sorry about that. Ryan in Rockland, go, my man. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Listen, back to the Yankees real quick. I think the most disappointing thing when it comes to Yankee fans is when you saw this team a game away from the World Series in 2017 and then going into 2018, you thought the future was so bright. You thought you had this young core of guys under team control for five or six years, and all of a sudden that window's gone. I mean, we're talking about six years later now, and you look around and who's left besides Judge and Torres? And Torres is a free agent. He's going to be gone. So I think that's the most frustrating thing. And while you were sitting there waiting for this core of guys to blossom, the Sanchez's and the Frazier's and the Andujar's, you passed on so many guys in free agency. And I'm not saying you're going to go out and sign everybody. I understand that. You're not going to have a $300 million payroll. But, I mean, look at some of the moves that Cashman's made. I mean, when you look at a guy like Freddie Freeman, and I know the whole knock on the lineup has been, been way too right-handed, but when you look at a guy like Freddie Freeman, he signs a six-year, $160 million contract. It was like the Yankees weren't even interested in him. You know who signed a six-year, $160 million contract? Carlos, Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon, yeah. Got, it's exact same money. Identical, got yeah. an identical contract. And then when you look at the future now, and you look at every single position, who besides Judge and Cole on this team will be here in three to five years? Maybe Volpe, I guess, to give him the benefit of the doubt. But look at every single position old it's aging Torres, like i said is a free agent he's not going to be back here so you just went in a matter of six years looking like you could have a dynasty to just what i mean what do you have now and one last thing i'll hang up the 90s are so far removed at this point i don't want to hear about brian cashman's resume anymore sometimes you just need a fresh pair of eyes to look at something differently that's all I'm going to say. Thanks, Gordon. All right. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I don't disagree. Uh, they, they completely have squandered this uh, window of opportunity that uh, kind of opened up in 2017. And uh, you can understand at the time maybe certain parts of these moves. You get to within a game of the World Series, and after the year, they, they wanted to sign Otani. Otani was out on them, so they have to make another big move. They go get Stanton, which was not a move that I was in favor of at the time. But they, they looked at, well, we don't have to give up anything to get him. We'll just take the contract, and the, the, the Marlins will be paying some of that on the back end, and we don't have to wait for, for some of the guys that are free agents a year from now. And you, you look at some of the other de- deals. The Cole one was a, was a home run, at least so far. But, again, it's a nine-year contract. Potential for that to turn bad at some point. But LeMahieu, they made the trade for LeMahieu. Great trade to bring him in here. First two years, he was sensational, and all Yankee fans – Wanted him back for sure, but when you're smack dab in that win-now kind of mentality and you have to have that guy back, probably a mistake to bring him back for six years, and it certainly turned out that way now. You know, they kept trying to push and make moves to get over the top, and they've not gotten over the top, and now they're stuck with the the byproduct of those moves. So you're stuck with the Stanton contract. You're stuck with 
um, the um, LeMahieu contract. You're stuck with some other deals. And um, what, what has to concern you is that over the last two years, I mean, the last two years, the moves made by Brian Cashman, if the window of opportunity was not already closed, I mean, they have been disastrous. Think of all the bad GMs that we've had here over the last decade or 20 years or whatever. The, the moves made by Cashman, they rank right up there. The Frankie Montas deal, the, the, the Donaldson trade, or Rodon this year. I mean, they have all been disasters. Disasters. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, go, my man. Gordon, in 20 years, the Yankees have been to one World Series out of the American League. Yep. Same number as Kansas City. One more than Oakland. One more than Oh, no, Detroit. Kansas City's been to two. They lost one Imagine of them. Imagine that. Double. Yeah. Double more than the Yankees. Yeah. In 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sick. So You know, Cole may win the uh, Cy Young, and he may be, I don't know, the only starting pitcher ever with an ERA over three to win, the, or any pitcher to win the Cy Young with an ERA over three. And he may also have less than 200 innings, so he may be the only starting pitcher to win it with less than 200 innings. I don't know if that's true, but he may be. I, I'm not sure. You know, the Knicks, nobody's mentioned this, and I go back 62 years they will have in their top eight Brunson, Hart, and DiFizenzo. Those three not only are from the same school, they're from the same team in school. Now, they won the championship, but three guys from the same college team? That's never happened. I don't think so unless somebody on the radio can come up well, with something. You, Richard, if you don't know it, I yeah, certainly don't know. I can't. I can't okay. think. I mean, I know two champions that came from one school, and they right. were champions forever. Was Sam? Was it Casey Jones and Bill Russell? But I don't think there was a third on that uh, Celtic team. Anyway, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now, look, I look uh -huh. at the history of quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks that have come to New York. All right. Now you had Boomer Esiason, and you had uh, Craig Morton. Okay. So those guys had won the Super well, went to Super Bowls, couldn't right. match it with the Giants and the Jets. All right. Okay. Then you had guys like. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Earl Morrow came. Okay. And, uh, 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 you know, a couple other guys. Tarkington, that was his Neil second act, his third act. They couldn't get it done with the Giants. Right. But there were three guys. Uh -huh. And this is the bar that if Aaron Rodgers reaches, and these are three unheralded names, uh -huh. but if he reaches, there will be a parade. First is uh, Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Tittle came here. Uh -huh. And he went to three championship games in a row. We lost all three, but right. it wasn't his fault. All three, get we went to the championships. Right. With why they thought why YA was dead. Right. Then we had Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins, nobody talks about. Right. He brought well, us to the Super Bowl. Brought the Giants to the Super Bowl in right. 2000. Right. Okay. And the third guy was Vinny Testaverde. Right. Vinny Testaverde got us within one quarter of the Super Bowl. These three guys you never, ever, ever hear about. But this is the, what Aaron Rodgers has to match. And if he matches it, they're going to throw a parade for him. I mean it, because that's all they want us to do, Aaron, to do. But see, the thing is, Gordon, uh, now quarterbacks are such in an exalted position you know, before, quarterbacks were just part of the team. You know, One last thing, Gordon. I right, can't Richard. get used to defensive well, linemen the wearing number new, 11. We're wearing know. number 11, number right. 9. I don't understand. All these guys want to be quarterback numbers. They're not happy with their position, defensive end, a middle linebacker. They've got to wear. Ah, I don't see.
You know, everybody wants. Are you playing the music? Is that music in Richard's background? One of the I guess things you that, guys are playing the music. One of the things that we've established here as a show, and I guess as a station now, is that we play these this Broadway music here. For for Richard? Yeah, because um, how do we put this uh in the kindest of words? Richard You're playing um, him off. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I wish I had been in on that. I, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm not, I'm barely listening to Richard's poem. Like, is that is something up on my end? Is that something they're doing? Is it Richard's watching show tunes here? I wasn't sure. Listen, Gordon, I'm starting to wonder. You, that this should be on the resume, the job resume. If you take a Richard phone call, we might not have, have to have you for the job anymore. Well, no, Richard. I like some of the points that Richard makes. He, he might go some. on a, a little long. He, he mm. might be off the beaten track. That's sure. That's Interesting. True. Okay. I didn't know that we were playing him off like it's the Oscars and he's making his speech and he's got to get off the stage. We've got to get the show rolling. But... Some of these are just like Oscar speeches, don't you think? Uh, no, I think he was having a little bit back and forth with me. Now, I got to oh, be yeah. honest, I don't have much to give yeah. on the YA tittle. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. What about Kerry Collins? Uh, Kerry Collins? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, look, the reason why Kerry Collins does not get brought up in, by Giant fans is because Giants have won Super Bowls. So going to the Super like, if the Jets went to the Super Bowl and lost, it would be the best season that most Jet fans have seen. Kerry the Giants going to the Super Bowl and lost, you, you're wiping it from your memory. You, you don't want anything to do with that game. Nobody's bringing up that game against the Ravens. It's, just the, it's the, the residue of success. Let's move on. Play, play this uh, topic out as we go to Marty in uh, Asbury. Marty, what's going on, man? What's What's up, Gordon? How are you, bud? I'm good, Marty. What's going on? Good. I had a quick question. Um, during the uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, fire sale that they just right. had, um, yeah. I, I, I feel like the Jets just missed out on um, a potential player. You and Larry were talking about how offensive linemen, they just don't fall off trees and teams just right. don't get rid of them. And the Cardinals just traded um, uh, Josh Jones, who was a third-round pick in 2020s on the last year of his rookie deal. Pro Football Focus ranked him uh, 78.5, which was number one on their offense, which isn't saying much. But the trade was just for a pick swap. So the Texans gave up their fifth, got back the seventh from the Cardinals, and and their starting right tackle. Um, I kind of feel like, he missed one with the Jets. Um, I felt like that really could have been a, a good insurance policy, even as a backup or a swing man. The guy plays guard. The guy plays tackle. Um, it, it would have been worth a look. See, just wanted to hear your take on it. Yeah, I, look, uh, Marty. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I wouldn't know uh, Josh, uh, Josh Jones if he fell on me, but just in terms of what the the price was to get him. Now he started 11 games last year for Houston. I, I don't know if that was, um, or excuse me, for. Uh, um, for, for for Arizona, rather. Um, I don't know if that was due to injury. I don't know if that was uh, because of um, uh, just inconsistent play or whatever it was. The fact that he is a starting tackle and he's going into the final year of his rookie contract and it had not already been signed tells me that, that, that Arizona was not uh, all that in love with him to begin with. And a lot of times you saw this with the Isaiah Simmons trade uh, yesterday or whenever it was. You also have to look at what you gave up to get him. Now, would this have made sense for the Jets to give up? Uh, what, what was it, a fourth round, a fifth round pick or a swap? Maybe, uh, but it's not like he's this bookend right tackle who would have immediately made the Jets better at this point. 
risk versus the reward, it probably would have been worth it to make that deal. But clearly, there it's not like he would have come here and taken the position and you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. So it, we'll, we'll see. If the Jets' offensive line continues to be an issue, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the type of thing that we look back on and, and, and think, boy, that was a missed opportunity. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Coming up, we're going to do the leftovers, which uh, we'll explain it as we go. We're still, it's, it's still in the beta stage. We're still working the kinks out on it. We'll see how it goes today here in a couple of minutes. But let's squeeze some more phone calls in. Oh, before we do, I was listening to the K Show the other day, which I always do. Three to seven, right here. 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And they were talking about the Otani injury and what this means for his free agency. It's been a very hot topic, not just in the K Show, but throughout the world. And I heard Michael say that his opinion was that the injury is not going to really impact his free agency all that much. And I would agree because Otani is a star and stars are, are, are a dime a dozen in, in Major League Baseball. There's not many crossover stars in Major League Baseball. You have to be as big as Aaron Judge and hit 62 home runs a season to get any crossover appeal. But I heard him say, and other people have said this, that the bidding will start at $500 million. He's still going to get $500 million. I, I, look, they, these people know more inside the game than I do. 500 million? So what is the contract? 10 years, 50 million dollars a season? For a guy who's 29 years old. Now again, I'm not talking about the marketing aspect or ticket sales or building your TV. I'm not talking I'm just talking about as a baseball player. I don't see unless you're spending 400 million dollars on a payroll, you're going to have to still fill out the the other parts of your team. And the largest contract right now on the books, I think, is still Mike Trout. It's, it's 426, 10 years or 12 years, 426. Since they've signed that contract, he's not been the same player. And, and that's Mike Trout, MVP, do-it-all Mike Trout. Now, I would think that Otani is going to age better than, as we were talking about earlier, uh, Pete Alonso. Because he's, he's an athlete, he's a base stealer, he could he'd certainly field a position if he had to. Uh, he's got the pitching, assuming he comes back from the, the, the Tommy John and all that type of stuff. But you're telling me the bidding starts at 500 million? If that's the case, you'd have to put the Mets as the number one team to get Otani. Because they're the only team that has no budget and would allow a star to come in and just kind of do whatever they feel is necessary to do. We started the show talking about Aaron Rodgers. Why is Aaron Rodgers playing tonight in the preseason game? Because Aaron Rodgers wants to play in, in the preseason game, and, and you know the deal when you make the deal for Aaron Rodgers. I would think it kind of lines up with Otani. That certain teams are going to – I mean, the Yankees, if, if Otani ever did go there, not that he's going to or didn't back when, when he was originally a free agent, they would have had a say, well, we, we want you to do things a certain way. I, I think a star of that level and, and certainly his versatility, he's going to want to be kind of controlling how he is deployed between the pitching and the hitting, especially coming off a, a sizable injury. But $500 million? Some team is going to spend $500 million on him? Boy, it feels like uh, it could be a mistake. All right, let's get a, get a couple more calls in here. Uh, let's go to Jonathan is in L.A. Jonathan, what's going on, my man? Gordon, Gordon, good morning. Good having you in the mornings, man. It's pretty Thanks, cool. Thanks, I appreciate and, it. Uh, what do you got? No, no problem, man. And Richard in Manhattan, he's a national treasure, man. 
Hey, Gordon. Um, I, so I have a point right here. All right. So I'm looking at uh, Otani. He's 29 years old. Okay. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> signs him, I right. think, I personally think, should should be smart enough to not put him as a starter. I know it's the money and everything, but eventually he's gonna end up like like the Grom. He's gonna get burned out. He's already starting to burn out. It's common sense. He's gonna last about a year or two in the starting role. Okay. So now let's say you sign him for like a hitter, which is $42 million. Okay, right now the top closer is hater. He gets paid $14 million. You add that, he gets paid about $55 million a year. $55 million, $56 million for nine years, that's $513, $514 million a year. Nice. I think whatever team that signs him should put him as a starting role. It's going to last longer. He's going to close out the games. He's going to get the job done towards the end. Not only that, you have a good hitter hitting the whole game, and I mean like that you don't burn him because eventually I'm telling I'm telling Gordon he's gonna get burned out, and that's my prediction yep. that whatever team signs him is gonna be in the five twenty five forty nine year deal. But hopefully, Oof. I mean hopefully right, they can get him. We got we got to run here because we're running out of time. Um, I, look, I don't think it's crazy, uh, but again, I think that Otani is the one who's gonna dick. It's not gonna be the team that says okay you're gonna do this. I think more it's gonna be him telling the team this is what I'm doing. And, and you'll know that going into it, so you go into it with your eyes open. Uh, time now for a leaderboard update. Presented by Glenn Fittick, Victor Hovland, Colomar Kawa still uh, leading because they have not teed off yet. They don't do so until 3 o'clock at the th- third round of the uh, Tour Championship. And that's the leaderboard update brought to you by Glenn Fittick, Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, the world's most awarded single malt Scotch whiskey. Easy for me to say. Skillfully crafted, even though I'm not delivering this skillfully. Enjoy responsibly. Glenn Fittick, Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, ABV, 40% alcohol by volume, 2023, imported by William Grant and Sons, New York, New York. All right, we got a couple more minutes here. Let's uh, run through the leftovers. The leftovers are any topics, not really sports-related, that both Joe and Harvey have uh, concocted in the course of the week that they want answers to. So I have one first off, and I know when you have too much time, but this would be like the job resume question. And it's a scenario for both of you. I don't know if, you're, if you are uh, subscribers or members of Costco or a big box retailer like Costco or BJ's or whatever one, other ones are out there. But let's say, gentlemen, you go to Costco, you load up your cart, you pay your, your tab, you go to your car, you load up your car. What is the next thing you do? Harvey? After loading up the car? Yeah. I put my cart away. Where, like, the lowest stations are. Okay. Joe, what's the next thing you do? Same thing. All right, you both pass. You both can keep your jobs. Yes. The, the amount of people who are taking the cart and then just casting it aside, as if we don't all know that there is a place for your cart to go. And those carts are the size of a Nissan Pathfinder. They take up giant spots. How many times have you tried to pull into a spot and there's a giant cart there because some lazy bum can't walk you just walked around costco go walk 10 more steps and put the thing where it belongs all right i thought i was going to get you with that one you guys have anything uh, for the leftovers this week i have a funny question for you tonight okay so jets giants obviously tonight giants are going to play really many of the starters but of course offensive line concerns are about for the jets Uh uh-huh over under one and a half sacks that aaron Rodgers suffers tonight oh there's no shot absolutely under okay absolutely if he gets sacked any times he should be out of the game immediately. I'm not, I'm not, re- no, absolutely. That's crazy. If he gets sacked twice, 
Jet fans will lose their minds. Actually, I'm kind of hoping he does now. That would be a fantastic <laughs> Monday show with me and Larry. Whatever makes my life easier. Joe, what do you got, my friend? So, in terms of watchability tonight, rank mm-hmm. the following events. Jets, okay. Giants. Right. Mets with Otani in town and Messi against the Red Bulls tonight. Uh, I would rank them Jets as long as Aaron Rodgers is in the game, number one. Uh, I will not turn on the Met game by any stretch of the imagination. Here's the thing that I wonder about Messi. It's got to be very demoralizing for the guys in this league that here's Messi who's kind of, you know, he's on the down end. And he walks in and he's just boat racing these people. Every game, go, go. It's like he's a man among boys. Does it, isn't this very demoralizing for the what is it the MLS? Is he yes. in the MLS? That's the MLS. Well, nobody says the MLS. It's just the MLS. It's just MLS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Major League Baseball. <laughs> uh, it, it's got to be very demoralizing for all these people. Here comes the great Messi, and he's just uh, he's just destroying people. But it's only because he's that great. It's not because. But he's not that great anymore. Otherwise, well, he wouldn't be in MLS. His level here still is that dang good. He's still. awesome. Yeah. It's clear that he is awesome and, and certainly more awesome than everybody else. It's more him than the level of MLS. The level of MLS is fine. Okay. It's just that he is that. Sound a little good. sensitive. Sound no, little, no, no. You're a little, you're a little defensive. A little defensive. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. Wow. Three hours just absolutely flew by. We will be back with Larry at some point on Monday. I'm not sure what, it's too far away for me to know for sure. I think we're 7 to 10, but I'm not positive. I'll be back next Saturday in this same time slot, so looking forward to that. Didn't get us on the phones. Hit us up on the socials, X, Instagram, TikTok, and all that. Anita Marks is coming up next right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Hippos are too dense.